In episode 457 with Celeste Mergens, we talk about her amazing charity, Days for Girls, which supplies menstruation packs for women and girls all around the world in areas of need. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because we are talking with the founder of one of my favorite charities, Days for Girls. Now, they not only supply menstruation packs for women and girls in need, but they educate them on the power of their body and period. They are shattering the stigma through education, and by doing so, they are giving back women their rightful opportunities to work and stay in school. And for those of you that have never heard of Celeste, she is a thought leader that has founded several successful organizations, including global award-winning Days for Girls International. Now, Days for Girls International have reached over 2.5 million women and girls and communities in 144 countries with their menstrual wellness resources and health education. And Days for Girls was named by the Huffington Post as a next 10 organization pose to change the world in the next decade. How amazing is that? Celeste is also a sought after speaker and coach and she has been named Conscious Company Global Impact Entrepreneurs Top 10 Women and a Global Washington Global Hero and Women's Economic Forum's Woman of the Decade. She has also been featured in Oprah's O Magazine, Forbes, and Stanford Social Innovation Review. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 457. Now let's bring on the beautiful Celeste. Beautiful Celeste, I am so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? (laughs) I had oatmeal with fresh rabbits, berries, and blueberries, and just a dash of almond milk. It was lovely. Very similar to what I had and so delicious. (laughs) So I am so excited to have this conversation with you. I have wanted to have you on the show for a really long time, and now it's finally happening, which is very exciting. But I want to give you a little bit of backstory into how I discovered you and your work. And it all started back in 2018 when my husband went to Nepal on a service trip. And when he was there, he was giving out your packs and he spoke to the girls about their bodies and how beautiful and powerful they are. And he actually got them to repeat a mantra, which was my body, my rules. And it was so cute, all of these gorgeous young Nepalese girls saying, my body, my rules. And it was so beautiful. And from there, he fell in love with four girls. And we have since sponsored them to go through all of their schooling and to university. And he also started this 
initiative with another friend who was also there where they were putting metal stoves into a lot of the homes. I think it was around a hundred US dollars they could install these metal stoves because how they they were just burning uh, obviously wood in their homes to stay warm in the cold Nepal winter. And that was really toxic for them to breathe in. So him and his friend, they started this initiative and they've put in lots of metal stoves through all different homes in Nepal. And it's such a beautiful thing. So we are very connected to that area. And it all started with him going there and handing out your packs. Now, people might be like, what packs are they talking about? What are they talking about? So can you tell us a little bit about what Days for Girls is and what are the things that you guys do and how did you get into all of this? Absolutely. Well, first tell them thank you. What a difference it makes. And I know how much it meant to them that as a man, he was helping them see how amazing they are. That's lovely to include the whole community. The packs we're talking about are washable menstrual health pads. Now, you may not know there's such a thing as washable. Most of us know of single-use pads. And it's remarkable that such a simple thing can make such a huge difference. I would never have guessed. And that's, I guess, how we come to how I ever even learned about this. I was helping in Kenya I was pursuing sustainable solutions for communities, and a friend had a school there. In the process of looking for more healthcare kinds of options that would be sustainable for this very remote community, we were introduced to a dignitary in the slums of Kibera, one of the largest slums in the whole world near Nairobi, Kenya. And there we were, he said, would you like to see this orphanage that I help? And At first, I was afraid to say yes to that because I love children and I thought it might be heartbreaking. But I also believe in saying yes to every experience we can. So there we were at this orphanage and we got the gift of meeting children that completely I was smitten by them immediately. Wanted to adopt them all, but instead just help the whole school. We ended up learning many of the hardships they went through. And interestingly, we also did a stove, something called a rocket burning stove to help them have more efficient cooking where they were and less toxic cooking. So there were 420 girls and boys there when we started. After post-election violence, it blew to 1,400 reported kids. And this was a time half a million people were displaced. And during that time, we got a call that they were completely out of everything and they needed more support. We'd already sent everything we had in the months preceding. And in the process of asking how I could help, it ended up that I woke up at 2.30 in the morning with it going through my head. Have you asked what the girls are doing for feminine hygiene? I literally gasped because it never occurred to me to ask that question. I jumped out of bed, ran to the computer to email to ask, and didn't expect an immediate answer, but I immediately got one and it said only nothing. They wait in their rooms. These were rooms crowded with 50 people minimum in a room before all this happened. And I tried to picture how do you possibly wait in your room? And it turned out that they were sitting on pieces of cardboard for days. No access to going to take care of themselves. No access to the classroom for days. I knew we needed to change that. 
And my first idea was disposable single use because that's all I knew of. And we were able to raise funds to send for support for food and other things they needed and disposable pads. What I didn't think of was there's no place to dispose of them. What I did think of was that if you needed to choose between food and pads, food is going to win. Shelter is going to win, not pads to help girls go to school, have dignity, more health, more freedom. So we made the first washable pads and it was a terrible design. And I can say that because I designed it. (laughs) We made them white because pads are white. We made them look like a pad because it was a pad. And it turned out both of those things made it embarrassing for them, made it difficult to care for them properly. But we did know to listen. And from the very first opportunity to talk to them, like your husband did, about how much of a difference they can make, why they matter, and what a period is, and that their health and safety matters, and how their body works. From that very first time they came up, the first set of 10 or so girls that came to the door amongst this throng of 250 girls uh, cheering and another 250 waiting to come in who had just received these soft, beautiful, washable days for girls' kids, the first version of them. They came to the door with big smiles on their faces and said, thank you so much, because before you came, we had to let them use us if we wanted to leave the room and go to class. And I'm just praying that doesn't mean what I feared it meant. And there's joy sounding off the ceilings and others waiting. And and I had to say, please promise me you'll be here when I come out. And they later confirmed that they were being sexually assaulted in exchange for a single disposable pad. And that was the moment Days for Girls was born. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. So sad. I remember when Nick was in Nepal, he would FaceTime me and with a very, very, very little reception (laughs) that he had and it was cutting in and out and this one time he was just crying on the FaceTime. He was just crying and crying. He's like, babe, what is happening here is is so sad. You know, these girls are sent away. They have to walk miles to sit in a freezing cold room with all of these other women. They have to stay there whilst they're bleeding. It's freezing on their way there. They'll sometimes get attacked by animals or they'll get sexually assaulted and they can't go to class, like you said. And he was telling me all of this, just crying, crying, crying. And I I thought, there's got to be something that we can do. And that's when we wanted to support what you're doing because what you're doing is amazing and so powerful and so important. So can you tell us what is inside the packs that you give? Today, after learning and listening all over the world, today we've reached 144 countries on six continents, over 2.5 million women and girls, and the community members who learn about what a period is and help break the stigma and shame. Isn't that remarkable? That's how big this issue is. So we've listened all over the world to what they needed for curriculum and what they needed in these packs. And today it is two shields, which are the part that holds the absorbent, their pads, 
If they're colorful, they have an absorbent layer so they won't leak through and they snap onto their other clothing and they get two pair of underclothing and they get a washcloth, a bar of soap and eight absorbent liners carried in a moisture pack so that they can transport it when it's soiled without any concern. And all of that is in a beautiful drawstring bag that has handles on it. So you can put it on like a backpack and carry it to and from school. And often they'll wear it every day to school. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. And tell me, what are some of the reactions when you give these out? It is so beautiful. I'm sure your husband told you, you kind of have to see it to believe it. There, they dance with them. I've seen them hug them. I've seen them swing back and forth with them. I've seen them just cheer out loud. We have video of them cheering out loud. And in a few places, perhaps the response is even more profound, the shift. And that's when, for instance, recently in a community in Kenya, there was a group that literally spat on the Kenyan women who were trying to talk about periods. Like, you cannot talk about that here. And then leaders, local leaders, joined with these women who were Kenyan and said, this is why we want to talk about it. Let's just try. You can walk away. And then the end, they were celebrating. They didn't want to leave. They were um, talking together. They were inviting others. And so that shift from something that's so stigmatized, even here and even where you live, people don't really want to talk about periods. We'd rather talk about diarrhea than periods. The truth is this is something that connects us all so deeply. And to have something that's basic to your biology be so shameful is deeply demeaning. And it is in cultures like your husband saw in parts of Nepal. Actually, more than that, it's something that isolates you something that you become untouchable because of. So imagine what happens when your community comes and says, what if we made a new decision? Here's what a period really is. India, we once had a man who was vetting it to see, you know, are you going to be allowed to share this information? And after hearing, this is what is going to be taught, which is a technique we use often coming to new areas. This is what we're, is going to be taught, and they're learning it for the first time often. This leader said, is this true? Is this what this period is? And yes, this is what it is. And he said, then why is my wife in the shed? And instead of making them wrong, it's so important to just acknowledge, yes, what if we made a new choice? Because this is what it is. That is the most powerful kind of change because it's not coming from the outside, it's coming from inside and a decision you're invited to make instead of being forced to make. In Nepal, the practice of chapati that you were describing has been against the law since 2005. It's been a finable offense since the end of 2019. And yet you can still find articles of girls and women who die of snake bites, exposure. Why? Because it becomes you're wrong, you should stop if the knowledge and invitation isn't in it. If it's not an invitation to make a new decision, then the first time someone gets sick, they say, see, we must return to the huts. If it's an invitation based on knowledge and inviting a conversation that is held by the community, then they start tearing down the sheds with their own two hands. And Days for Girls is a global network of people advocating for the very true shift that can happen in our lifetime. 
this is something we can change. And it comes in a simple, usable, last two to three years, sometimes up to six, soft, squashy bag that has education and a positive invitation to conversations. And it's working. So beautiful. I just love the work that you're doing so much. And I remember when Nick was in Nepal and he came back and he showed me all the videos and the photos and was telling me all the stories. And he shared with me that, yeah, when they're bleeding, they're deemed dirty. You know, they're untouchable and impure. And having our period, talking about it should not be taboo. It's something that all of us experience and it needs to be celebrated because it is a gift. Like it is such a gift to be a woman and to be fertile and to be healthy and to have a period. And this is why I love the work that you're doing so much. I just love it. And I want to help support however I can, because this is an issue that's happening all around the world. Besides talking about our period, celebrating our period with our daughters, not shying away from it, even with our partner, celebrating it within our four walls. I feel like one of the first steps, because what we do within our four walls, it ripples out. So after we have addressed the conversation in our four walls, how can we support what you're doing? What is going to be the most beneficial? Thank you for asking. And I love that you started with, it has to start with ourselves. If we're afraid to talk about periods, how do we expect someone in a culture where it's taboo to do it? In fact, it's so taboo that one of the moments it struck me so deeply as they were showing me how, and others, how when they're on their period, they can't in Nepal, if they're practicing chapati, have regular food. They sprinkle breadcrumbs in a pan that looks like a kind of a shallow quiche pan And then the mother or person sending the food to them scoots the plate to them, lets go of it, and only then can the person who's in the chopati shed lean forward and carefully with their fingertips pull the food to themselves. That's how untouchable they believe themselves to be. And if, you know, menstruation is blood, everything we associate with blood is injury or illness. And, And so you can see how if you don't have the knowledge that could happen. So true knowledge about periods for all of us to get educated, to share without any question or hesitation in and outside of our doors. Not, I have a friend that just told her son, he asked, what's a period? Why do girls have it? So he, he was excited to tell him and then said, so if you ever see a girl and there's some kind of stain, your job isn't to laugh. Your job is to see what you can do to help. Do you have a sweater? Do you have, see what you can do to help? because this is about all of us. And I was so impressed that that was her conversation. So positive conversation. Days for Girls has an advocacy program. So you can actually get on our website, click on advocacy, and then see how you can help their kids to start the conversations where you are. There are tools for helping your community stop taxing period products. Did you know that in a lot of places, period products are taxed as a luxury? especially here in the United States, a luxury that's unbelievable and true. So not only are they expensive, but they're taxed as a luxury. So advocating for at least that to go away, advocating for educational programs and participating in Days for Girls chapters and teams. There are chapters and teams all over the world. You can participate in one and volunteer 
You can help make days for girls' kids, assemble them. You can help fundraise, have a fundraising party or a school club that can help make the shift. And you can adopt communities. Right now, refugees are being reached 40,000 at a time strong the last several years. And you can participate in that. Menstrual Health Day is on May 28th. And that annually is an opportunity to address and really step up for shifting the inequity around menstruation that is caused by not having what you need. Mm, I love that. And we'll link to the Days for Girls website in the show notes. I'd love everyone to head on over there and just see what you can do to support. There's so many great ideas that I absolutely love. So head there and see what you can do, what resonates with you. But like we said before, it starts in our four walls and not just with our daughters, but like you said before, with the sons as well and our partners, because if they think it's taboo, then that's what they're going to share. They're going to take that out with them into the world. So I love that, you know, if a young boy sees a girl with a stain, offer your jumper, offer your sweater, offer something to support her. I remember that happened to me. I went to an all-girls school, but that happened to me one day. And a friend just said, oh, hey, babe, you've got some blood on your skirt. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I just put a jumper around my waist and she was there to support me and help me, which was really beautiful. But it is such a beautiful thing. And we do need to not make this topic so taboo. And it needs to be celebrated because being a woman is such a beautiful, beautiful gift. It's a beautiful thing. And the more we can do this within our home, this is going to ripple out to the rest of the world. Absolutely. And it's also an energy shift, right? It's that story, The Hundredth Monkey. Have you seen that? It's an anthropological thing that on an island, there were monkeys who were eating sweet potatoes, unexpected, on an island. And one of them started opening them in another way. And so shortly, the others started doing that. And when they got to about the hundredth monkey, islands that were isolated and far away and they could not get from one to the other started being noted. They noted them doing the same, that on the other islands, they were now using these uh, sweet potatoes in the same way. What's fascinating to me about that is I think that we do that collectively in society. That if you are going, oh man, what was I afraid of? I had it introduced to me in a scary way. I learned by accident or I didn't learn. We can shift it to, oh, this is how I'm going to feel about it. This is how I'm going to talk about it. And I believe the more of that we bump into each other and share that energy, come at the issue in that way, the more things will change. And I really love that this has such rippling long effects. We have with Days for Girls people who are enterprise leaders who in their community talk about this. So let me share a girl in Kenya. We don't usually talk about the saddest parts and this warning trigger alert is very sad and very hard. We had a, had a woman named Anita. She's an ambassador of health and she owns a, a Days for Girls enterprise. She makes Days for Girls, girls kits where she is and she teaches and advocates in community, all over her community. She got word that a girl that was out of school she hadn't reached yet had just been in the classroom. The teacher saw the stain. The teacher called her dirty, pushed her out of her seat first. That's how she saw the stain, called her dirty. 
And then the girl went home. Her mother said to get a jerry can and use a rope to lower it into the water and to go clean herself up. And the community found her hanging from the very rope that she was to retrieve the water with. And the community was so angry as they learned of this. They started tearing down the gates. They started attacking. Uh, They were really, a whole riot was starting. Anita got, got calls that, we need you. This is going on. She came and instead was able to say, let's talk about this. Instead of being angry, let's do something about it. We, this is something we can change. They started talking about what it really is. They stopped having it be a taboo. They have now reached thousands of people, the entire community, men, women, leaders, children, all gathering together to decide to let's cross out this shame and stigma and let's talk about this. They've reached tens of thousands. And since then, and the shift is happening. And we couldn't be there with her in that community. But Days for Girls program is, and she as a leader, a local leader, was able to be the key to the shift of conversation. So holding hands together as a global organization and calling communities all over in the world is an important way to do it. And being part of that collective is something we can all do. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter what our story was of how we first learned about our period. Because I know for me personally, it wasn't something that was spoken about. It was a very taboo topic in my house, as was, you know, sex. And, you know, my parents, they would close the door if they were naked. It was all very, oh, don't look at me, you know, that sort of thing. And so I actually had no idea what was happening when I got my period, no idea. And I was a dancer. So I had older girls at my dance school who educated me because I remember going to them and saying, I don't know what to do. And they were like, okay, here's a tampon. And I was like, but, but what do I do? Like, Literally, what do I do? And it was like spoken about in the whispers, in you know, whispering in the corner. It was just not celebrated. And that was my experience. And now having a daughter, that doesn't have to be her experience. So I have friends who are very conscious and aware. And when their 13 or 14 year old got their period, it was a celebration. They had a beautiful ceremony. One, they did some sage. They had some angel cards. Uh, The mother got letters from all of her aunties and all of her friends and all the women in her life and put them in a box. And in the ceremony, which was the girl, the the 13-year-old, her mother, her grandmother, and all of her aunties, they all took turns at reading these beautiful letters that all of the women in her life had written for her. And then they gave her this beautiful box. And in the box, there was some organic pads and some herbal tea and some raw organic vegan chocolate and other beautiful products, some crystals and things like that. And she gave her this box as a celebration of this next phase of her life. And it was so beautiful. And I remember hearing about this and thinking, wow, That's the initiation that we all deserve. And also there was some books in there so that she could read about it more on a deeper level and understand it herself, age-appropriate books for her that she would want to read. And I just thought it was such a beautiful, beautiful initiation, a beautiful celebration 
And we're all worthy of that. We all deserve that. And it comes back to what we said before. It starts in our home. It starts with our daughters and our sons. You know, there's no reason why the son couldn't write a letter to his sister, you know, whilst she goes on this journey. So there's, and the father, like, there's no rules here. Do whatever feels right and true for you. But I think we have to come back to two main things are we need to celebrate it and let's get some education and some knowledge around it. If we did those two things, I feel really confident that we would shift the narrative around periods and it would be a lot less taboo. A hundred percent. And also if we're a person who had trauma around periods in some way, and it really has kind of haunted us or been an embarrassing moment, we have the opportunity to change that. Um, May I share an experience I had a couple months ago? I was painting. So it's going to sound like a non sequitur, but I'll come back to it. I was painting. I was really excited because I was this far, little square from finishing. I made the mistake of putting the paint a half gallon on the lowest step and doing a happy dance. You know what happened. I knocked it off. It was all over me, all covering my feet, covering my shoes, covering the antique barnwood floor. And this is real barnwood. So there's a literal half inch of opening everywhere that is poured and an antique rug. So I'm like, my husband's due back in an hour. I have an important business meeting with Days for Girls in a half hour. And I have now, my perfect timing has been destroyed. In that moment, I had a big aha. I realized, okay, I am in a mess no matter what happens here. And I have a decision to make. I can either freak out right now and have my brain stem go into full lizard mode where it's in full panic and just wants to run for a rock, or I can stay open and be creative in this moment and create a solution out of this. Which am I going to choose? I literally held my hands open and said, which are you going to choose? And of course, chose creative. So fast story, long story short grabbed the two gallon bags that had been Ziploc gallon bags that were wrapped around paintbrushes, put them on his slippers, went cleaned up on the way back, brought every rag, every cleaning product, paper towels, and stopped for baking soda and a Ziploc, a zippy, the zip tie. And then I cleaned it up, poured the baking soda into the cracks with the zip tie, scooped it out like Play-Doh, kept going, kept going, You cannot see a spot of paint at all. And I made my meeting time. The woman, until I told her, had no idea, could not have known any idea what I'd just been through. If I had gone into lizard mode, it would be all over. What occurred to me next is not only the power of the moment that happens between something happening, a stimuli, and our response is fluid. Like it doesn't have to be instant, but if it's traumatic, it's pretty like, protective, like right now I've determined what this means. And sometimes we make a decision that's not in our best interest and frankly, maybe not even the true reality of what the situation is. Have you seen this dress, this image of the blue and black dress that some of us see as gold and beige? Have you seen this? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. A couple of years ago, I see that as gold and beige, our our entire and white, our whole family sees it as blue and black other than me. 
And I was so fascinated by that and discovered that it's the background that makes some of us see it one way and some see it another. And it's the perspective. Our perspective changes. And sometimes we see the dress as blue and black and sometimes white and gold and sometimes a little violet. And that's true for our experience here on earth. So what if we gave ourselves permission to go back to moments when something happened that was traumatic, menstruation or otherwise, any kind of experience, and then, and kind of opened it back up and brought our new vision back to say, what do I want to interpret it as now? So if you had an experience where people laughed at you and you were dirty and you didn't even know and you're so embarrassed, you can go back to that moment and go, hey, actually, I managed that. I was really strong and resilient. I came to school the next day. Or, you know, actually, I'm actually kind of proud of that moment. Uh, you can call it anything you want. You can call it any response you want. And it really works because that was just a moment that you made an interpretation and your interpretation can change. And we all know that our interpretations aren't always correct. So why not choose one that works for you instead of against you? I love that so much. We don't need to let our past dictate our future or our present moment reality. And if we can shift our perspective, everything shifts. So I love that. You know, I didn't have the experience that I described that my friend gave to her daughter, but I can do that with my daughter and... I can celebrate my period now. Right now I'm breastfeeding, so I don't currently have a period. But before that, when I did, I would celebrate it. Every month I would celebrate it because it is a gift. I would, on my first day, I would give myself the time to rest. I would do an extra long meditation. I would make myself the most delicious chocolate vegan brownie and have a cup of tea and sit and enjoy it and smack my lips together and make noises, you know. It was just such a beautiful time to honor myself, honor my body, honor the gift that it is to be a woman, to be healthy, to be fertile because if you're getting a period, like that is a great sign. You're healthy. Things are flowing, things are working. And that's a beautiful thing to celebrate. There's many, many women out there that may have lost their period because of health issues and would love to have a period, would absolutely love to have their period back. I know I didn't have a period for a couple of years. And this was after I went off the pill. I didn't have a period for a while. And when it finally came back, it was a celebration. So everyone listening I want to encourage you to celebrate each month when you get it, to change the narrative in your four walls and to check out Days for Girls and see how you can support all of these incredible women all over the world who don't have it the way that we have it, who, you know, are sent away to these sheds and it's just horrific. Let's see what we can do to support them because, you know, they need us and they need us to start with us. It needs to start with us because then we can show up for them from that authentic place 
where we are truly celebrating it within ourselves. And that ripples out to all over the world. Very well said. I would love to hear, Celeste, if you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose? Now, it doesn't have to be on periods. It doesn't have to be on health or anything like that. Any book, the first book that comes to mind for you, what is that book? Just one, huh? Two come to mind. Um, Okay. Okay. You can have two. You can have two. All right. Thank you. The first one would be the book, The Four Agreements. Do you know this book? Yes, I have had Don Miguel Reese Jr., so his son, on the podcast, and that book Mm. is amazing. So powerful, so powerful, you know, to be impeccable with your words, and that's also what you tell yourself, right? And to don't take things personally, that one alone, to recognize, you know, we're often, people don't even see you, they see what they're up against, and it's so easy to do the third one, which is make assumptions. It's so powerful. And to always do your best. If everybody read that book, imagine if everybody took that one in, we would live in a different world. So definitely the four agreements. I Now I'm going to have to find that podcast. Your podcasts are so good. I'm definitely going to have to catch that one. And then the second one would be a book by a friend of mine, Lynn Twist. And she's remarkable. If you've seen her on Oprah's Sunday, Soul Soul Sunday. She is a, her book, The Soul of Money is profound. Have you read it? She's actually been on my podcast as well. She (laughs) has? That's remarkable. Well, her book as well. Isn't she brilliant and phenomenal? Yes, she is. And that was episode 398, Why Wealth is Not a Dirty Word and Using Money to Save the World with Lynn Twist. And I'll link to that in the show notes. My husband has actually seen her live, speak live, and he's the one that first introduced me to her. So I am so grateful because her work is amazing. She is so genuine and present and absolutely walks her talk. And that reminder that abundance in our life isn't a bad thing. It's it's needing to be attached to it. It's shooting way past the things that will make you fulfilled to this consumption, if you will, with needing to consume more. That is toxic. The abundance in itself isn't. And that it should flow. That money is something that needs to flow. It becomes stagnant and hurtful. It's such a power, again, a powerful book. That is so amazing that both of them you already covered. I feel like I'm on one of those game shows where I got two strikes, but those are my two. I'm sticking with them. (laughs) (laughs) They were incredible episodes. And Don Miguel Reese Jr., that was episode 109. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well and the books as well. They're just so incredible. So yeah, I love those. And I'd love to hear... What is your definition of success? Everyone has a different definition of success. What is your definition of success and what do you attribute your success to? For me, it's living to your highest purpose and in your zone of genius. It's doing the things that feel just that juiciness that you are you are on point and you wake up in the morning and you're so excited to get started again. 
because you're living your purpose. Uh, Days for Girls for 13 years, I literally did sometimes up to, I hate to admit it, 18 hour days. And I never, I'd wake up automatically between four and 4.30, no alarm, just like I'm so excited to go again. That's when you feel that feeling, you found your purpose. And to me, that's success because we don't have to all be good at the same thing. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we all care about different things. Thank goodness we all are inspired about different things because that's how we cover it all. You as an individual, me as an individual, we don't have to be at all. We don't have to be perfect at anything. We don't have to be even excellent at everything. All we have to do is truly be you authentically and find that things, be willing to let go of the things that are in the way of you being the things that really make your soul sing. Before Days for Girls, I got the gift of being the founder of a writer's conference. So that's like a pen and a paper writer's conference. I loved it. Every day I'd wake up and think, I must be the luckiest person in the world. I have my family. I get to talk to agents and editors and creatives and help them be the artistic things they want to be. And I get to watch the inspiration and the connections. And, oh, I love what I do. I love what I do. And then when I was with my children, I'd just be present with, I love that. And then one day it fell apart. I mean, and I had had this feeling, time to stop now that I was like, why would I do that? I am having the time of my life. And I ignored that nudge, I confess. And then finally let go because the brick got heavy enough that was conking my head for me to say, okay, I'll let go. Do you know what happened next? Days for Girls happened next. If I hadn't let go, I wouldn't have been in the place to receive the invitation with my dear friend Andy Clay to go to Kenya, which led to the rest which unfolded into the amazing, phenomenal three passports full of people meeting, getting to meet and work with all over the world, engagements and making a difference with phenomenal volunteers, teams and supporters all over the world. Who gets to do that? Who gets to be part of a shift on our planet? We all do. So when we say no, sorry, I'm getting all emotional. When we say no, when it's time to say no, to the things that aren't lifting us anymore, or it's time to close that door and say yes to the things that show up and trust that we don't have to qualify ourselves. We don't have to do that. It will be qualified for us if it's the thing that sings to us. And nothing, do you remember, I'm getting all over the place here, but do you remember in Rocky, the story of Sylvester Stallone? Do you know his story? How he wrote this thing and this first Screenplay, it was a year. You probably had him on too. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was a year of him trying to, he was offered a million dollars for it, said, no, I'm supposed to be in this. I'm going to accept the one I get to play and star in. And then fast forward, he was hungry. He was, things were struggling and he still said, no, this is my vision. And we all know the result. How many times have you heard that? When you just stay the course, you don't have to qualify yourself. You just have to say yes and trust. It's a big one because often we want proof before we lean in. We want proof before we trust, but that's sometimes not how it works. We need to leap and trust that the net will appear. 
And when you do leap, you are supported. When it is true for you, when it is in alignment with your core values and who you are meant to be on this earth, you will be held. You will be supported. I have so many stories like that where I have leaped and not known what was on the other side and just trusted. And it always works out even better sometimes than I could have ever imagined. Even better. And I couldn't have known that at the start. I just had to take that step. And so for anyone listening, if there's something that is bubbling away inside you right now and it feels scary, don't take that feeling as this isn't the right path for me or this isn't right for me. Lean into that. Leap, step off and trust that you will be held, that you will be supported because you always are for that which is true for you. Always. And it might just come around even better, 15 times better than what you could have ever imagined. Absolutely. Well, and the things that are, that appear to be bad, everything's always working for our good. I I really believe that. I have people that say, no, no, it's not. (laughs) But I really believe that. May I share with you, and you don't have to include this in the show, but as a child, I was a person raised in a home that had so much instability. We were often without a home. There was a lot of violence. There was not a lot of security. There was uh, a lot of dis-ease. And I remember being about five years old. We were at a state park. We were were without, this was one of our times without a home. And I was walking barefoot on a sidewalk. I remember, you know, the sparkle on the from the silica of the sand and the sun shining on it. I was walking along, staring at that, and this dog walks into view. It's a little white, fluffy thing. It's got a rhinestone collar all the way up to the owner's hand, and the owner is about to throw a half-eaten apple into the dumpster we're both by. And I'm looking at that apple. It'd been a while. I know this sounds melodramatic, but honestly, been a while since I'd had fresh fruit or even food. So staring at that, I was like, watched it go into the dumpster and listened to it hit and thought, could I get in that dumpster and get it and get back out again? And I just decided I couldn't get back out again when you get that feeling on the back of your neck that someone's staring at you. And this woman's looking me up and down and she says, where are your shoes, girl? And I answered, I'm toughening my feet. Before I even finished answering, she was already turned around and was heading out. And I I had, as she turned around, this feeling like a mirror had just turned. And I could see what she saw when she looked at me, that she saw a little, dirty, unkempt, barefoot girl. And, and I had this feeling rise from me. I am not what you see. I am not this place. I am not this And in that moment, I got a huge gift. I used to think of her as Cruella de Vil from the movie. (laughs) I would think of it again and again as this horrible moment that this woman looked at me this way. But in truth, today I see it as an incredible gift that as a very young age, I got to be invited to answer a question we should all get to answer early. Are we the things that happen to us? 
Are we the places we are placed? Are we the circumstances that surround us? And I got to answer with every little fiber of my being, I am not. That gift came with me in the work that I do. I don't come to a community and look at them and go, you poor things, let's fix you. No part of Days for Girls is that because it's not my DNA to do that. I come in and Days for Girls comes in ready to celebrate the possibilities with them, driven by them. What do you want? And the communities that volunteer all over the world aren't coming in to fix things. They're coming in to step beside them with the joy and expectation that we'll learn from them just as they'll learn from us. It's an invitation to live life that's based on believing that we all hold wisdom. Every one of us holds a piece of this incredible mural of love and possibility that is the world we live in. It's only when we fall for belief that the things that happen to us, that the things that are around us define us, that we fall for the trauma, that we forget who we really are, and that we fall for hurting one another. It is a gift. Every single, in some cases, truly, I can say it, horrible thing that happened turned out to be the well from which I draw the strength I have. Who would have guessed? And I'm not saying I would have asked for those things. I'm not saying it's good that those things happen. I'm saying that it can work out. Everything can work out for our good. I believe that with all my heart. And I've seen it to be true. So beautiful. I could just listen to you talk for hours. It's so beautiful. Thank you. I would love to hear what is bringing you the most joy right now in your life? Mm, My family. (laughs) I'm home more right now. I'm loving, loving that time with them and just loving being present. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to be present with people we love. And um, I am really finding immense joy in that. Beautiful. What are you working on within yourself at the moment? Well, for one thing, I finished writing the book about Taste for Girls and about my life and what led to this. And I'm watching to see how that publication happens so that more in the world can hear the remarkable stories of those we serve and serve with and and the transformations I've seen and the miracles I've seen. So that that has just been finished. And I'm working on a project. This is going to be sound so non sequitur, but just trust me, I dove off and listened to a project in the blockchain. Yes, the blockchain that has to do with art and inviting people to be community, to make a sustainable difference for people all over the world. So this is helping global leaders who are just in their community, like Anita, who want to make a difference and it's helping them do it more sustainably. So Days for Girls regional conferences are also coming up and I'm looking forward to being with people all over and celebrating the progress of Days for Girls. These are the things I'm working on today. Beautiful. And when is your book out? We don't have a publisher for it yet. So so I don't know yet. I will for sure let you know and hopefully I'll get the gift of coming back on when it's ready. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited to read that. It sounds amazing, honey, and definitely needs to be out there. Let's talk about your day now and how your day looks. Can you talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life from when you wake up to when you go to bed, the rituals, the routines, all the things you do? Of course. I am one of those people that does wake up, as I said, between 4 and 4.30 just naturally. That's my rhythm. I do go to bed earlier than others probably. I go to bed about 10. But when I wake up, I stretch out and just feel the yummy feeling of being here now. And I think about all the things that I'm so grateful for in those just automatically start going into all the happy things, all the people I love, all the things I can look forward to in the day. And then I drop to my knees and say thank you and express requests for help for the day to be where I need to be, when I need to be, and how I need to be. I spend time after that meditating and just breathing and feeling and listening and honestly being grateful. The license plate on my car is gratitude, G-R-A-2-A-D, <laughs> 2-D, G-R-A, anyway, it's gratitude. <laughs> and, and I just feel like there's such power in that. It shifts your, your mindset. It shifts how you see things. It, it shifts um, how you receive things. And so I spend time being grateful, feeling what can come of the day and imagining the people I'll bump into and the impacts that could happen. And then I hop up and I go work out with my son and his fiance doing weightlifting right now. Look out. And, <laughs> and I might do some virtual boxing. And then after that, I'll have breakfast and, and then I dive into my day. Sometimes I cheat, I admit between, and I'll answer a couple emails. <laughs> trying to break that habit. but And in my day, I try to be sure to take a walk lately. I've been committed to more self-care and that's a joyful journey. In fact, if I may, can I tell you an aha that just happened for me that I hope could happen for others? So in my practice of being grateful and receiving and prayerfulness before that and opening to, I just want to be where I need to be when I need to be, I want to show up in the way people need. I had been asking every time I woke up during the night, please help me to know the shift I've been feeling, what it is, where am I supposed to land? And, and so I woke up and I was dressing and had the answer, an impression, it's here, it's coming. Focus on your health and your wellness. That's your job right now. So I had been having a couple of health challenges, um, candidly. And I've had to have a surgery for this health challenge in the past. So I was gearing up for that might have to happen. But I was like, okay, I like the idea of focusing on wellness better. <laughs> I don't know how that will turn out, but I'll do that. And I had from deep within me spontaneously crop up this memory of a time that I was being stalked. And then this feeling of, I don't want to get well, I'm fitness. I, I don't want to be super trim and fit because then I could attract more of that. And I realized, oh my word, the whole time that in me was this thing 
I was resisting. I was arm wrestling myself. <laughs> and then this decision that, gee, nothing keeps me safe except for the blessings that I have, the strength that I have, the gifts that I lack of fitness is not going to do that for me. How interesting. New decision now. It has been phenomenal, the shift that brought in me. And I'm really grateful for a practice that that includes being open, like taking the time to not only ask, not only say thank you, but also be open to listening. Because sometimes these little pieces that come to you are the very thing you've been yearning for. And maybe, just maybe, I wasn't ready to listen or listening for that piece. I'm so grateful for a practice that includes all of those things. Mm, beautiful. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Ah, all right. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? One thing that I think we can all do today. Can I default back to my earlier answer? Find every piece of living that you can to be grateful for. Become a grateful magpie, <laughs> a collector of strands of everything you can think of that you can be grateful for. If we do that, we are truly wealthy. If we do that, we can expect more of it. So that would be one piece of advice. I would love for everyone to have the gift of gratitude. I love that. And I love that your number plate is gratitude. That is the best. Okay, next one. What is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Ooh, expect it. Like absolutely expect it. Feel it. Feel yourself having what you need and what you're, feel the effect it has on your family and your friends and how you can take them to any restaurant you want now, how you can help anyone that comes in your path that you have. I love, and this, I shouldn't even share this, but can I tell you, if you're behind someone in a line and they're having trouble paying, it's amazing to be able to say, I got it. You know, it, it's just so, it, such a gift to pass it on. And so be open to just expect it, feel it before it even comes and know that abundance for you is abundance for a whole world. And it's not that there's a pie and it's limited to the pie. And once you get your piece, someone else is going to have to lose. Or if someone else has a big piece, that means less for you. No, no, no. You are creating new pies. You are creating your brand new, your individual favorite flavor, only you distinctive, one of a kind recipe pie. And the more you build it, the more you can share. So if you just focus on the feeling of having it all and then show up with the actions to go there, sometimes tremendous opportunities fall right in front of us. <laughs> and we're looking around for how to do the thing we're doing now instead of being ready to receive it. And stepping up and saying, I'm going to try, show up, pay attention, because great things are coming when you expect them with your bones. I mean, just be excited. Start being excited now. I love that. I love it. Okay. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? <laughs> oh. Expect it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the things I, okay. 
truly, sometimes you get the gift of that love and you just needed it, right? And it just shows up. My husband is the example of that. How that came into my life, I don't know, but I'm grateful every day for the gift of his unconditional love. It's been huge for me. And if you don't allow yourself to receive it, you could be surrounded by love and not even feel it or recognize it or worse, think they're being fake. So back to the four agreements. If we can not assume that the world's out to get us, if we can give people the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best they can and any offense against you might just be interesting. You could get curious about that was an interesting response, but it's really not my, and don't take in the thorns instead look for and be excited and celebrate the love around you. You reflect that love. It's attractive to others. They can sense that you're authentic and guess what? You don't have to be fuzzy. You don't warm and fuzzy. You don't have to be bubbly or effervescent which I tend to be, I'm sorry to say, it's just my, it can be intimidating, not intimidating, off-putting sometimes because they think that can't be real, but it's real. And so if you can reflect genuine, you are present, this is you, whatever way that looks for you, then that's going to be reflected back to you. It will come, just expect it. And don't think you have to be the same kind of loving as anyone else. And don't expect anyone else to be loving in a way that's your way. Look for the way they love with gratitude and be ready to accept it. And all that will happen is more and more will pour into your life. Absolutely. You become a magnet for it. This has been so beautiful. I have loved this conversation. I could sit and talk with you for hours. But is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about? This has been a delightful conversation. (laughs) And I think we've touched on most of the things I would want to share with someone. So thank you for that path and this conversation. I would mention that Days for Girls has a podcast. So if you love podcasts, you can also tune into some of the stories there. And with that, I just wish you and all of your listeners many days of love and gratitude and to help give days back for girls all over the world would be cherry on top worth taking on. Oh, thank you so much. And I want to encourage every single person listening, please go to the Days for Girls website and look at how you can support. You can even type in your area and, you know, you could go and volunteer your time to your local area where they're, you know, making these packs or packing these packs. So just jump on the website. There's so much information there. And Celeste, I want to thank you not only for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you were coming over for lunch or dinner and we could just sit and talk for five hours straight. You are helping so many women around the world. I'm so grateful for you and the work that you do. When I first discovered Days for Girls six years ago, I think it was, maybe longer, I just fell in love with what you're doing and with you. And I'm so grateful. So thank you so much. You are helping and you are serving so many women. So what is one thing that we can do to give back and serve you today? I love that. Just be joyful. Just feel your feelings and pass it on. And if you happen to know a publisher that might like Days for Girls book, pass them on too. (laughs) 
I'm going to connect you with my literary agent. So we can chat about that offline, but I'm going to connect you. <laughs> Let's. What a delight it's been to be with you today. Oh, it's been so beautiful. Thank you so much for your sunshine. You are beaming from ear to ear. You have the best and the biggest smile I have ever seen. You just glow. You are like a sunflower. And I'm just so grateful for all the work that you're doing. You are just such a pleasure. So thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely love Days for Girls. I love Celeste. I love the work that they are doing. So please go and check out the website, daysforgirls.org, and see how you can be involved and how you can support. And if you loved this conversation and got a lot out of it, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed like magic so that you don't have to go searching for a new episode. And please come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I love hearing from you. I love connecting with you. So come and slide on into my DMs, will you? And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.